Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. For decades, newspaper executives have forecast a point when online revenues will offset those lost from print. But will there ever be a profitable future for the industry? Asks Henry Mance. The UK's newspapers may be vibrant and competitive, but they're struggling to make money from digital publishing. Advertising and subscriptions are elusive and paywalls challenging, says Henry. Is the historic Fleet Street newsroom finished? Or can it change fundamentally and survive? Rebecca Brooks looked to have completed a staggering comeback. The former tabloid editor had not only been acquitted of all criminal charges of phone hacking and payments to public officials, she had also managed to resume her career in September where she left off, as chief executive of Rupert Murdoch's UK newspaper operations. There was one hitch. The newspaper business itself had changed in the four years Miss Brooks had been away. Even for an industry that's become accustomed to financial beatings, 2015 was brutal. Print advertising in the UK fell by £112 million, according to estimates from Ender's analysis, equivalent to half Fleet Street's aggregate profits, or the combined wage bills of The Times, The Sunday Times and The Daily Telegraph. Even Sky, the satellite broadcaster in which Mr Murdoch's 21st Century Fox is the biggest shareholder, has moved millions of pounds of advertising spend from print to websites like Facebook. Douglas McCabe, analyst at Enders, said this is a seismic shift away from print media. Spending on national newspaper advertising has fallen by one-third since 2010 to around £880 million. Online prospects have also darkened. Ad blockers, smartphones and new social media platforms are tearing holes in digital strategies. During her first stint running The Sun and The Times, Miss Brooks set out a plan to make journalism an economically exciting proposition. Readers of both papers would pay for online access. It was a defining moment, she said in 2010, adding, this is just the start. While she was away, however, the plan largely failed. The Sun invested in Premier League football rights, but converted fewer than 1 in 20 of its print readers into online subscribers. So one of Miss Brooks' first decisions on returning was to dismantle the Sun's paywall. Instead, she would take aim at Mail Online, whose mix of celebrities, gossip and sensationalism has made it one of the world's most popular English-language paper sites. So one of Miss Brooks' first decisions on returning was to dismantle the Sun's paywall. Instead, she would take aim at Mail Online, whose mix of celebrities, gossip and sensationalism has made it the world's most popular English-language newspaper website. But the prospect of a Sun-Mail Online war has been dimmed by the fickle economics of online news. For decades, newspaper executives have pointed to a digital tipping point when revenues from online would offset lost print sales. Now some in the industry are questioning whether there will ever be a profitable future. At least two titles in the UK, The Guardian and The Independent, remain loss-making. Profits at the market leaders, The Daily Telegraph, The Sun and The Mail, 
have fallen 40% in the past decade. Newspapers are also facing competition from digital players, such as BuzzFeed and Quartz. David Montgomery, former editor at the now-defunct tabloid The News of the World, and until last year, chief executive of regional publisher Local World, says the industry needs to make a clear admission that the historic model for producing newspapers is bust. Many in the industry are in denial. Britain's newspaper industry is arguably the most exciting and competitive in the world. Its titles sell nearly 7 million print copies a day, compared with 13 million 10 years ago. They operate two of the world's most popular newspaper websites and often lead the way in investigations. In 2013, The Guardian published leaks by the whistleblower Edward Snowden. A year later, The Sunday Times revealed corruption at FIFA, which contributed to the ousting of its president, Seb Blatter. Financial worries are hardly new. Phone hacking, the illegal accessing of voicemails by the News of the World and Sunday Mirror, was in part triggered by the need for big stories to drive sales. What is new is the disappointing results of once-vaunted online experiments. Mail Online, with 14 million browsers a day, last year missed its revenue target for the first time and is still recording undisclosed losses. In January, The Guardian, a digital pioneer, announced an annual loss of about £50 million and said it would cut costs by 20% over three years. In a fresh sign of the strain, News Corp has promised to squeeze overheads at The Sun and The Times, while The Daily Telegraph has told staff to expect an extensive strategic review. In some countries, publishers have changed course to claw back the revenues lost to online. In 2003, 93% of UK property advertising went to newspapers. A decade later, the proportion had halved. European newspaper groups, principally Germany's Axel Springer and Norway's Shipstead, have responded by acquiring classified property websites. UK groups have failed to follow suit. The Guardian turned Autotrader, a car magazine, into a successful online portal, but then sold it to boost its cash reserves. Only the Daily Mail has diversified, using cash flows from its newspapers to build up a business information and events business. Today, Trinity Mirror, the UK's largest newspaper publisher, has a market capitalisation of £430 million. Rightmove, the country's biggest property site, is eight times bigger. Instead of diversifying, the industry became locked in a debate over whether to introduce paywalls, the approach taken by the Financial Times, The Sun and The Times, or to seek huge global audiences for advertising, like the Daily Mail and The Guardian. George Brock, a professor of journalism at London City University, says people were still thinking in terms of single solutions. They were thinking ahead from the past. The Sun found that charging for content online robbed it of readers and influence. It still sells 1.8 million copies a day. But only 225,000 people signed up for digital subscriptions, in a market where only 6% of Britons say they are willing to pay for news online, according to a study by the Reuters Institute. The Times and the Sunday Times still operate strict paywalls, and although their published accounts suggest they are breaking even, this rests on whether certain costs, including rent and printing, are absorbed by their loss-making parent company. Relying on online advertising, a market worth a total of £3 billion in the UK last year, according to Ender's analysis, has also proved problematic. Traffic is expensive, Mail Online employs 800 staff, and returns can be limited. Readers are increasingly using mobile phones, where ads are small and often unseen. Almost one in five users has now installed ad-blocking software. So despite growth in the US, Mail Online remains loss-making, and its rival Trinity Mirror, publisher of the Daily Mirror, is adding just 13p of digital advertising for every £1 of print revenue it loses. 
one executive at a publisher which operates a free-to-access website, says advertising is not going to save you. Others are trying out sponsored content. Bespoke articles and videos created for brands as pioneered by BuzzFeed. But even that has proved disappointing for Fleet Street. Two industry executives say that such native advertising is expensive to produce and often fails to generate the size of audience that many brands demand. With no single answer, a conservative industry is now starting to consolidate and experiment. Trinity Mirror has bought control of regional newspaper group Local World for £187 million in an attempt to reduce costs and offer advertisers nationwide coverage. The Sun is launching an online betting site. The Guardian is expanding a membership scheme under which readers can pay between £5 and £60 a month to support the paper and attend events. For The Sun and The Guardian, the strategy is clear. Traffic alone may not generate revenues, but it may provide a captive audience for e-commerce and even micropayments, where readers pay for access to individual articles. Paul Zwillenberg, head of Boston Consulting Group's media practice, says, The print business model hasn't fundamentally changed. It is cover price plus advertising. Digital is constantly evolving. Newspapers are also losing their direct digital route to their readers. According to Will Perrin, director of internet consultancy Talk About Local, five years ago newsgroups were trying to ignore Facebook and Google. Now they are facing the inevitable. In the next five years, it will be all about distribution. What is your relationship like with Facebook and Google? Apple and Facebook have launched news portals, while Google is developing pages to make news sites more readable on mobile devices. The FT is participating in Apple News and Facebook Instant Articles and also supports the Google Initiative. In the short term, those platforms are promising publishers the opportunity to reach more readers and sell more advertising. There is even a possibility that Facebook, Apple and others could pay news publishers for the right to carry their content, just as cable providers pay to carry particular channels. Mr Zwillenberg says, In time, you will see quality content that drives engagement, able to command the internet equivalent of pence per television subscriber. This would make newspapers reliant on a third-party platform to decide whether to display their content and share revenue with them. For Fleet Street, which five years ago was investing in paywalls, homepages and apps, this wasn't part of the plan. So while identifying new revenue streams is crucial, some argue newspapers need to change fundamentally the content they produce. Newspapers deliver bundles of articles with all major topics included. Their websites attempt to perform a similar service. But online, readers behave differently, accessing articles through social media sites and flitting between different sources. The rewards go to those who have the best content or who distribute it most effectively, not those who produce a bit of everything. Mr Brock of City University says, The cost of being second or third best in a particular area is now much higher. For example, the Guardian is competing in areas where it is not the leader. The brutal question is, does that really pay? The implication is that Fleet Street's large newsrooms may be unsustainable. The Times had 454 editorial staff at last count, The Sun 525, The Daily Telegraph 662 and The Guardian, following expansion overseas, around 900. According to Mr McCabe, there won't be anywhere like as many 500-person newsrooms in five years' time, let alone ten years' time. Despite two decades of upheaval, Fleet Street has remained intact. No large newspaper has closed for financial reasons. Several have benefited from their owners' largesse. But there are signs of change. When appointing Miss Brooks, Mr Murdoch made clear that performance at the Sun must improve. Alexander and Yevgeny Lebedev, 
the Russian businessman who bought the Independent in 2010, have tried to sell the title after amassing more than £50 million in losses. The Guardian is spending even more than its £750 million investment fund can bear. The Telegraph remains lucrative, but can no longer produce the £60 million in annual operating profit sought by its owners, the Barclay Brothers. As a result, newspapers may finally have to re-evaluate what they produce. Mr Montgomery, formerly of Local World, says, The effort that has gone into online has always had one eye on the past. I think we're getting to the end of that road now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.